0: What's up everybody? It's Joe Lapuma. You were listening. You were watching the Complex Sneakers podcast. Once again, as always. I'm joined by my two friends. First off, to my right, Mr. Matt Welty. Two. That's why I said days. once again, real fans know I threw in the once again because we did a back to back to my left. It's a it's like 75 degrees in New York. He got the pastels out. <laughs> Mr. Brendan Dunn. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, he, he, well, look remember? at the socks. We'll get to – <laughs> listen, we're not going to spoil what's on feet, but he right got now, the – remember right that there?
1: early viral uh, sneaker clip where um, Carlos, owner of Soulfly, mm-hmm. he was golfing with Michael Jordan, and he, like, didn't Photoshop, but he put the music bed on the background of Michael Jordan dancing to back-to-back. Oh, no, I don't remember that.
0: Wow! I... He's like
1: he's back to back like I'm Jordan ninety six ninety seven wow. and like Jordan 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 was dancing on the golf course, but he made it seem like Jordan was actually dancing. I to the- I didn't know that. Mm. No, I didn't
0: know that. I'm sure that went crazy.
1: I deleted that one out of my brain. Wow! That was one of those early uh, chart beat back was like was like a thousand people on the story. Back to backs and fire. <laughs> the
2: hard song, hitting now. news. <laughs> back to back, <laughs> back. Watch Michael Jordan dance to back to back. Yeah. Oh my God! Twenty thousand clicks easy. Yeah. Easy,
0: easy. Chart beat shot up. <laughs> Sheesh. Uh I used to love back to back. They would play it in Giant Stadium when Odell would do something good. And mm. they would just play, oh man, just like that. <laughs> Odell, we may have to make a trip to Baltimore. And you know who we'd stop by to see if we went to go see Odell. Abdul, on our, our friend. You got, Did you got I to check have in. Say it?
3: Our friend, Did Abdul. I have
0: to say it. Maybe we go to Yum.
3: M- Mr. Oh, oh, Abdul. What? You're gonna, jumbo slice time. Yeah, you going to
0: fact check me? <laughs> Abdul, you spiking the lens right now. Yeah. he's <laughs> spiking okay. the lens. What did, he, what did he fact check you on most okay. recently? Most recently, he said something, acting like he knows. And don't About worry, the what slides. I know. Yeah. what I do know is I still knows. Know. What I do know, I still don't have the list.
2: Oh,
3: the list, are, the list is oh, out. The most important, Abdul the most important thing to in the lens <laughs> right the camera, list?
0: Abdul. What is it, 6.30, you're at the monument, running some laps, yeah, put, it the, miles? Yeah,
2: put it in the- 8.01 miles?
0: Yeah, put it in the earphones and put it on YouTube, Abdul.
1: Did you feel like back in the day you go to Gold Bar and you're trying to get it through the door and your name's not on-
0: no,
2: no, I went with RF. We went right through. <laughs>
3: Never, I, I don't want to drop ex- names.
2: Go with Never, RF. Never, ever experienced Hey, can I drop a name Shots real quick? Shots to Johnny
0: Lennon. Shots to Johnny Lennon he of He said, Gold I don't want to
2: drop names. And you went straight to John Lennon, no, the Beatle, who no, I disrespected not, on this podcast the three weeks Johnny ago. Lennon,
0: Johnny Lennon from Gold Bar, who is in the latest ALD photo shoot.
2: I am so glad you took it there. When when are we going to get into ALD not in photo shoot? Not happening. Wait, have you thing. asked? No. Here's the thing. I blew it. You remember how... Just yesterday, when we recorded the last episode last of this podcast, week he said, "Are you getting ready for Mulberry Street?" I said, "Oh, I gotta go by and see Teddy
3: mm-hmm.
2: for a suit." I was on Mulberry Street last night. You went to the old locale, not the new one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there was Teddy out front, and he said, "You want to come in and check out the shop?" And I, I, Don't I said, tell "No." Me said I, no. I, What's wrong with you? You're like,
1: "Hey, What's I got wrong it. with you." You're like, "You're like, you know, uh, this news just broke on Pacer. I gotta be Wait, home." Did you real pick quick. up a suit?
0: <laughs> Uh, No, I just I was like I appreciate it, man. I gotta run. That's a fail. I would never invite you back. Don't even take a Fredo espresso. Don't even look at it. Yes, you did. You blew
1: it. You're like, hey, I I heard that Nike's suing this uh, sneaker customizer, man. Like, (laughs) I'm
0: really (laughs) busy right now. (laughs) Pick up the pace to go to pacer. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! Wait, you literally just got like
1: that was like the most like uh, mob esque like it. Informal, formal. Just him, like, him,
0: and Nunez. After listening with this, get to <laughs> me. this is like <laughs> him and Nunez. This is no. seen in a no movie. Way. Him and him
3: no and Nunez. and Danny Band Nunez are on the same team. This guy, this guy, had, this guy had the nerve. <laughs> <laughs> on my yeah, block, and Joe it's Brandon like, was outside too. Okay,
1: how many people like we've had like on our like programs that mm-hmm. have been part of you know the ALD photo shoots, and mm-hmm. you were just one step closer to throwing your name in with you know. Such illustrious company. You yeah. could have been Get next to big, big body bass. <laughs> I noticed that. Action Bronson. <laughs> we cut this. We Alchemist. Can cut this. We can cut this. Cheeto Vera.
0: We could cut this, but I noticed it. Those are, bro.
2: Apro- Thank you, Joe. For real. Thank I noticed you. it yesterday.
0: Damn. What? If you're a real friend, you notice know, his, his veneers. <laughs> not vene- he doesn't I have veneers. Do not have
2: veneers. His Although sin? you did think that I, at one did. Point. I did.
0: That's how good they are. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, he thought I really I just like, veneers, blew a bag.
2: Man, <laughs> man. <some> brand new <laughs> <laughs> You
1: must have got that good uh, dental insurance. Uh... <laughs> hey,
0: man, Buzzfeed Inc. Baby, <laughs> they take Looked care of great. us. <laughs> I noticed that yesterday. I meant to tell you, but <laughs> thank I you, to Tell you, real to friends, the audience, real friends,
2: in front of our, in front of the audience of hundreds of thousands,
0: yeah, and the millions worldwide.
2: Speaking of real friends, how about the sub? DJ Khaled, J Balvin, back and
0: forth for the
2: rollout of his shoes.
0: <laughs> listen, the algorithm, serve it up to me, baby. Just give me, That's that's JLP's algorithm right yep, there. Yeah, turn
2: the faucet on?
0: Yes.
1: You want to be right underneath Khaled it? Khaled, multiple times in the past week, has begged for a second pair of shoes. Not just once, <laughs> two times he's begged for a second pair of shoes. He's begging J... Well, Begging J Balvin just for the... I mean, sorry for the second person. Yeah, he he wants the J Balvin
2: here, Jordan 3. He's commenting on the photos saying, I need him. Playing golf,
0: Balvin pulled up in the... Balvin pulled up (laughs) right off his feet. This was funny. This
2: video was funny, but this is one of the most cringe-worthy. Sneaker rollout yes. moments. Yeah. It, it, it was like soap opera level acting. And I he's, like both he's, he's, those guys. He's, he's on my side now. It them. was Not very me.
0: long. It was like a three minute video of so, DJ was it Khaled. Was scripted? I watched every single part of it. The best part is the guy, him. Mike, who he has now created him as his rival. This guy, Mike, who I don't know, but they play golf together. Mm-hmm. I think Mike maybe like belongs. No, Jordan? No. Um, has like a Boston accent and then Khaled was playing with Steve Stout and they were like filming them going back and forth. But Mike now, who Khaled plays with, Mm -hmm. is this guy, this this, kind of like older gentleman who Khaled's playing with. And leading up to, before the Balvin thing, it was him going back, like Mike, he calls him Mr. Soft or whatever, and then Mike will just hit a drive if it like goes, shanks it. He'll Mm. just be like... Ah, like and stuff that like normal golfers you don't usually right, see.
3: Right.
0: The funniest part of the Balvin thing, Balvin's pulling up, they're having a whole a whole conversation. I just look in the back and it's just the guy Mike just standing there. And I'm just thinking to myself, what did Mike get roped into here? But my G. Yeah. Oh Lord. Ba- yeah. And
1: then and then also Khaled also begging again for a second pair of the Tiana Taylor she sent them.
0: Air Jordan ones. She sent them. So listen, to be fair, Khaled sent Balvin all the friends and family. So
2: another one. <laughs> you're keeping
1: score.
0: Is he, that was literally well, goes, the,
1: another got, one. Give me another one.
0: Speedy, just send the the we, Khaled memes back. We, right, we were
1: we were. Me and Brendan uh, had a. We probably should have looked this up. We we forgot. So on the closets. I pretty episode much the other day everything. when he said when he said that there was a street investigation yes. going down. What shoe was that over?
0: He didn't name it. He said, but they were like five. Bangers. That's what he said. <laughs> he didn't name. He wasn't like undefeated four. He was like yeah. the shooter five. And he paused and he said, "Bangers." Oh,
1: those got stolen. Sorry, maybe I was mixing the story up. Didn't Fat Joe told us that he had the sneakers stolen at the airport? Or maybe I'm totally uh, throwing this off. I thought he maybe had like Eminem or undefeated four or something stolen mm-hmm. by the TSA. You would remember better than I would.
2: Either way, you're someone in, up, in the comments you're
0: mixing will say up TS so. with TSA, maybe
2: <laughs> 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 the t, the TS, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Okay, like putting the A
0: and TS, <laughs> A. <laughs> Joe, are you excited about this Fifty Cent tour? Okay, so someone asked me about that.
2: Fifty Cent going on tour to celebrate what is it? Twenty years of Get Rich or Die Someone I try asked me about that, last, that. Night, mm-hmm. last night. Last
0: mm-hmm. night, and it's he's playing at the Barclays. Come on. What is the optimal hang, though, for a 50-cent, 20-year, get-rich-or-die-trying concert? What do you mean, hang? Do you, do you like, go with your beforehand?
2: boys? Oh, it's not a date night. Uh, it's not a date night, feel, right? I, I, okay, so so
0: this he, is what I was saying. So the person You asked, were thinking about it as a date no, night? No, no, no. The person was asking me. My mm-hmm. girlfriend was asking me. He puts He puts it out there for them. So listen. So I was like... She was like, "Are you going to go?" And I was like, "I don't know." And I was like, "But She said, "Are you not we. I was like, "I don't know if that's the vibe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the vibe." I agree. It's not it's not date night.
1: Yeah. P- pretty serious though if Joe Lapuma puts it out to the to the yeah. to the world that his girlfriend <laughs> that big sip of water.
3: Come on. I got nothing to
1: hide. I could picture you being like, since you're such a Big Fifty fan, yeah, that like you're in your zone and you want to go Joe there, right. No, yeah, Joe. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Joe. And you want to rap all the lyrics that's, to all the songs. That's kind of So you almost want to go solo dolo, like you're going with the AirPods, like getting hyped up, like hoodie on a little pre you yeah. little
0: pregame, you know? Yeah, yeah. The drawstrings that's tight. That's why I was like, listen, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not trying to like. Uh, what is it? Uh, not offend. I'm not trying to, like, say, no, we're not going, but yeah, we're not going. <laughs> like, but, I th- yeah, I'm, I am the Barclays, I think it's there. in August. You'll
1: be there. I mean, our friends had a big argument, like, two years ago. 50 Cent performed, or last year, I think, a year, year ago, two years ago. 50 Cent performed in Armenia, and uh, he did a show in Yerevan, and some of our friends were like, this is one of the biggest moments for our country. 50 Cent came to Armenia. He's gonna spread Armenian culture all throughout the world. And I'm like, dude,
2: (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I was like- I'm not gonna say, I'm not, I don't want to- No, no, no. Tony Ayo with him? No. I'm not gonna say I think I think Tony
1: Ayo went, but the thing is, I'm like, dude, our friend Tony Ayo. Do you think 50 Cent like really gives a F
0: about performing there other than a check with Uh all due respect? No. Okay, I'm not playing devil's advocate at all. The one thing I would always say in Diego's <laughs> interviews and 50 Cent they always bring up going to other countries and being some Passport of like gang. Yeah, exactly. He has yeah, to yeah, change. Yeah. But like all kidding aside, like they're always like we go to these other countries and yeah. they know 50's catalog. Um I don't I can't speak to your friends conversation, but Did you gonna reach say,
2: out to the Armenian tourism board or anything to see whether or not that Concert spiked sales of uh, hotels and airline (laughs) tickets to Armenia. I think
0: the fact that the 50 Cent concert got brought up to me two times in the last 12 hours, you know what that means? Kismet. I got to pull up. Yeah, absolutely. I got to pull up.
2: Should we talk about some actual sneaker stuff for a little bit?
0: Sure. Forgot that. Forgot. (laughs) Wait, wait, what? (laughs) Sneakers podcast? Sneakers podcast. I
2: forgot. Um, At Adidas annual shareholder meeting in Germany, Adidas CEO Bjorn Golden said that, quote, what we are trying to do now over time is to sell some of this merchandise. It sounds like they're actually going to be selling yes. Yeezys again. Donating the money to charity, right? Yes, yes. And I think this is the right thing to do. Okay. We've spoken but about this caveat,
1: what? 15% of the proceeds go to Kanye West.
2: I don't think that's 100% confirmed. Ooh. Some okay. people have put that out there. That's not what the CEO said mm-hmm. in any official capacity. But I, I could see that being... A thing a legality of the hmm. yeah in terms of the contract i still think this is the right thing to do you know he said uh burning the goods would not be a solution i totally agree I, i'm I, I feel like you know we, we want to address these things when they come up even though maybe i can speak for all of us when i say that i'm sick of talking about yeezys and yep i hope that this will maybe no. be a, a, a final chapter or some finality to this thing especially and it's nice that we get the word mm-hmm. directly from the ceo of adidas instead of all these little leaks and You know, news reports floating around. You don't know what you could trust. We didn't have a lot of good info on it. And here's the CEO saying, we're going to sell these things. We're going to donate some of the money to charity. That's the plan.
1: I mean, I said it the other week where I'm like, it it hit me all of a sudden where I'm like, do you realize how refreshing it's been over the past year or whatever, where it hasn't been a different, like, slight shade of 350s every single week? Where it's like, you don't, all those shoes, and I know they were popular, and I know people love them, but it's just like, there's just a saturation point where it just got so monotonously boring yeah at the time especially when all the other shoes were just dunks and jordan ones and easy yeah. 350s where you're like okay things are more exciting now because it's not just the same three shoes and a hundred different
2: shades of the yeah. rainbow but i do wonder whether or not they will ha- let retailers have them or whether hmm. they're just going to do it dtc i know there's still a lot of small sneaker that's, boutiques who really want this business back tough. and really want and to be able it, to sell Yeezys right. again
0: and now i feel like because it's going to charity they they would be cool selling them again. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, I I don't think that people are going to be too upset over it, given that it's for a good cause in a way that the sneakers probably weren't before. You know, they never they never donated the money to charity before, so I feel like you can't. Or I'm not I'm not mad at this. I think is it 100
1: percent right of the or not? I, well, if the money is part of the money is going to Kanye hypothetically, right? Mm-hmm. But beyond that, the other portion of it right.
2: is it like all of that profit? They haven't shared. They okay. haven't shared whether or not uh, you know. All profits are going to charity. I'd be a little bit surprised, but that that's as much as they've said about it.
0: We do think Kanye's going to get a cut of it, though. What do you I, w- I would think so.
2: I, I'm, I just don't know. And it's like, obviously,
0: we don't know the legalities
2: of it, but
1: if it's like, if the contract was somewhat voided or canceled mm-hmm. at some extent, I could ima- I'm not saying you shouldn't give him money, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's a legality where it's like the contract is no longer in play. So, yeah. I don't know
2: elsewhere fear of god athletics rolling out some more looks at their adidas apparel and footwear we saw that one sneaker remember before the fear of god hollywood bowl show there was yep. the shoe yep. that popped up and once yeah. we got the comment from jerry Lorenzo kind of on wasn't it. it yeah where where that that's not the final version of the shoe that shoe is not coming out but now we've seen what looks to be that same shoe in, Ish. in, in its in its like a final, final iteration yeah it looks good which is fair
1: to it does look good people were like oh this shoe's still gonna release and it's like I get where Jerry was coming from, where he's like,
2: this shoe is not... This
1: exact shoe that we saw months ago. Yeah, and it's like, maybe
2: there's similarities between the two, but they're really not the same sneaker. Yeah, more than anything, I'm happy to just see more of this stuff. I had heard that... Maybe some of the Adidas centric looks from the show were cut at the last minute. So to to hmm. actually get a good look at what this stuff looks like and what we can anticipate from Fear of God Athletics, Jerry Lorenzo's Adidas collaboration, I'm excited. The styling looks beautiful yep. as always. Yeah, I think one of the nice, nicer pieces is there's a, an Adidas uh, duffel bag.
1: Oh, nice. you like that? Um, but just like a you refer- can see him coming in with oh, duffel yeah, right? a also, bit duffel bag. Also, but also bag boy a ref a, re- a <laughs> reference point. I think I want to say that it's actually <laughs> based off of a uh, vintage Adidas bags that were sold all the time i know that there was one released through the Spezial collection that mm. was an all brown leather bag that had like the small uh writing on it that was really similar to um the one that fear of god's putting out so yeah. it's nice this i know that jerry's had like little nods or homages to adidas's i know he'd been in the archives but to adidas's history like the the first hoodie he had put out yeah the tan one with the blue mm mm-hmm. Um, lettering he had told me was
0: yellowish like, almost too right a cream it was yeah. like
1: a cream but he had said that the blue- barely volt a la the <laughs> yeah there was that two the, cage Erl- the Erling Holland <laughs> but yeah. the blue the blue was meant to be the exact shade of the original adidas blue boxes got it
2: so it's like it. kind of um yeah I'm looking forward to that
0: yeah I like the jacket with the that you know yeah the, yeah the, yeah the stripes are yeah. on the
2: shoulders yeah and then one more thing this this happened right after we recorded last week but Tom Sachs' apology tour commences. He posted Mm -hmm. this note on his Instagram. Kind of first substantial way he's addressed the allegations that that came from him, mostly from a curbed report in March. Didn't really talk about the Nike relationship at all, but kind of said... No surprise, really. Yeah. Quote, I have never harassed anyone or tried to make anyone feel uncomfortable. He also said, my art and professional, personal growth is my main focus. I think, to me, the crux of what he said
1: was that he kind of mentioned that he's been doing this for so many years Mm -hmm. and he's like the world has changed so much these aren't exact words but he's like Mm. the world has changed so much around him and he realized that maybe his business practices
2: didn't update with the times yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah i I hope i hope he figures all that out and i hope the people who work for him can feel like they're in a safer environment and you know not have to be subject to some of those things that were in that report but if there are no more Tom Sachs, Nike's ever again, I'm totally fine with that. You know, would, they had a good run. Maybe he's not an appropriate partner going forward. We spoke about this last week as yeah. to whether or not they're waiting it out. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either way, but like I said, I don't think, I don't think we need to, to mourn this if it's, if it's totally done. You're yeah. not like we had Camelot. at One time. <laughs> oh, wow. no, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, me personally, I don't feel that strongly about it.
0: Yeah. I said it last week. I, can't see it coming back anytime soon. We'll see though. That yeah. Nike partnership. Yeah. Not nope.
2: making any bold
1: predictions. No. Nope. Not setting yeah, any canstone. Even if it, I'm not saying it's going to come back, mm-hmm. but like say maybe in like three years that they're like, hey, we want to do this. It's like, does anyone
2: care at that mm-hmm. point? You know? I think, yeah. I just said I don't want to make any bold predictions that I almost made a prediction. But mm. I feel like if it came back, it'd be sooner than that. But let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We uh, crossed some things off our list. Uh, like I said, we're recording this early. Literally season. the list. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Like, the Joe, Joe, like how Joe got crossed off the list.
0: <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh>, no. no.
2: <laughs> Maybe some things happened between uh, us recording this and us putting this out that, that we didn't get to address. them here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll address them in the next episode. Yes. Anyways, we have a special guest this week. Yes, mm-hmm. we do. Let's bring on our guest.
0: Let's do it. Our guest on today's podcast is a design veteran who's driven innovation in footwear for almost 30 years. Whether it was crafting signature footwear in the mid-90s for tennis legend Boris Becker or shaping Nike's football boots for key players like Ronaldo, Zlatan, and Neymar, he was at the forefront of athletic footwear. His resume includes design positions at Lotto, Fila, Nike, and Adidas, and yes, even a footwear brand with his friend Michael Jackson. A lot of his history is captured in his new 750-page book, Hungry for More. Here to talk about his storied career, please Please welcome to the podcast, Dennis Dekovic. Dennis, welcome. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time.
4: Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, how's it been? Uh, where are you traveling from?
4: I I live in Milan, so I okay. came in from Milan. Okay, you came in just for this? No, <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't lie to the
2: people out there just to say this is such an important. It's an important thing. But, on but your I've calendar. been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs>
4: All right, we'll there was, take it. We'll take there it. Was, and there was the big Milan derby. Oh, yesterday, yes. Yesterday. We won. Yeah, Inter. It's good. What What was that? I missed that. AC Milan and Inter. Mm. Do you... Inter 2-0. Do you have Inter as your team? Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. Were you there? No, I was here. (laughs) (laughs) I thought maybe you came straight from there to here. No, 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 no. no. So, so important. Dennis, we're so happy to have you here. Yeah, this is big. Uh, There's a lot of things we want to talk about, though, but we want to talk about your footwear first and all of our shoes. What do you have
4: on feet here? Because I actually have no idea what you're wearing. Me either. Very cool. Oh, I wanted to surprise you with something special. Uh, yes. You, you certainly did. It's a, it's a concept uh, I worked on with Pharrell. Okay. Um, mm. We called it origami. Um, the idea was to create a fashion statement. So mm-hmm. we made 60 pairs, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. So wow. most of the pairs are still in the storage. But I just wanted to show you something. Wow! Very cool. So
0: you have a pair. There's 60 pairs. How many pairs does Pharrell have of those? I, I guess one. Okay,
1: that's like your own independent brand. Or no, no, Adidas? no. This was, no, no.
4: This was part of Adidas. This okay. is back when I was still with Adi, mm-hmm. um, and we just we just created concepts here. I was I was here in Brooklyn Farm, yep. right? Very cool. So we were creating concepts, and when we saw the material, I'm like, oh, we need to do something with this. What's the material? It's a knitted upper. Yeah with an inner booty to just keep your foot foot in place, yeah. but it's a knitted upper, and it's knitted in a way to create this three-dimensional texture. Wow. Do you think they'll ever come out? Well, the idea was always to keep it at 60 pairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. so Just seed with a... Fashion editors and that's it. Hey, we're oh. fa- we're fashion edi- yeah. editors. Kind right? of, yeah.
0: Kinda, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could squeeze it. Yeah, you can finish could finish it a little bit. You could put mm-hmm. on that list. Uh, I don't know about
2: that. I'm also doing Adidas today. I'll probably say it wrong, but this is the Huchilaga Spezial. I believe so. How, how did I do on that? I think it's Huchilaga. Huchilaga? I have no idea. It's it's, it's
1: I believe it's You the, definitely know
2: more about it than I do.
1: It's it's the original name for Montreal. Oh. Which the shoe's based off the Adidas Montreal, but that's like the original yeah. Native American name
2: for the yeah, shoe. Yeah, well, like I said, you you have the history on it that I don't. But the historian, yes. yeah, that's the I, I love these. I love these. Show what you got on feet. I'm
0: doing the Triple Black Air Max 95 Supreme Lux. Yep. Yeah, came with the little um, the little Italy, big Italian vibes. As well. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I felt nice. like it was uh, it was only right. So yeah,
3: there you doing go. those. I'll um, see what you got on
1: feet. These are the Paperboy. Paris, New Balance, mm. 9.92s. Fried eggs.
3: Okay.
0: You like your eggs scrambled or fried?
1: Uh, it depends on the... Over
0: easy? I could see you just depends. doing some egg whites. Like, some... <laughs> <No>. Pretend <laughs> like, like I'm protein Rocky? Protein yeah, exactly. In the or, or, or not even egg whites. The like, cracking... Yeah.
1: <laughs> did, you, did you watch Rocky as a kid, Joe, and just wanted to chug the egg whites? Never. And...
0: I was never really that into eggs, but I was into Rocky, so...
2: Dennis, did you watch
0: Rocky as a kid?
2: <laughs> yeah, of
4: course. Did it inspire you? Uh No, I loved it. It entertained me, but mm. not inspired me. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, we had the intro, and we talked about almost like thirty years of footwear design. Where does like it start for you in terms of getting the first position when you were in in like had a major part in footwear design?
4: Uh, I mean, you know, I I grew up in a family of athletes, so sport is part of my life, mm. and I adore the Japanese cartoons. So I I was drawing and I was playing sports. But I never connected the two mm. uh, until I was uh, 13 or 14. And one of my basketball teammates showed me a sketch of a shoe. And in that moment, the two worlds collided. And I said, OK, I want to be a footwear designer. Do you so, remember what the sketch was or what shoe what it, it was? What it looked like? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a sketch of an Adidas shoe. I actually got in touch with him because I, I worked on, on my book. Mm. So I got in touch, in touch with him to tell me a story. And he said, actually, I still have a sketch. Wow. So he sent it to me. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was the spark mm-hmm. uh, from that point on, just sketching like crazy day and night and uh, sending portfolios around. Mm-hmm. And uh, another teammate of mine who, who had a, a, a license for Lotto for, uh, for Croatia back then knew the owner of, of Lotto. You mm-hmm. know Lotto, the yes, Italian brand. Yeah, yes, yeah? of course. And the owner came in, he saw my sketches, he came into Croatia and uh, basically said, I want you to come work for me. So my last two years of high school were the best because I had no worries about the future. Wow! Were you working for Lotto yes. already while you were in high school? No, no. I, I uh, he said, uh, the condition was I need to finish the high school and then I get the job. Yeah. So that was my first job. That's how I started, and uh, so I skipped all the, you know, design education. Yeah. But I learned from the best footwear guys in the world in Italy. Yeah. Did you ever
2: try and catch up on that formal design education or you feel like you've got enough of it just being in the field?
4: no, I was ahead mm. yeah I was ahead uh you know i would I would go to like uh art uh, art center of Pasadena mm-hmm. to uh, select students to come to intern for companies mm-hmm. and I was younger than them, so for me, it never crossed my mind that maybe I should go there yeah, yeah why yeah. I'm already like ahead, yeah. What type of stuff were you doing a lot? of? Was it just footwear designer one? Footwear. What was your job title? Yeah, was yeah, 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 yeah. Basic, you know, start from the ground up. Uh, uh, lots, of, uh, lots of tennis, uh, lots of uh, uh, football back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Designing football, like boots essentially. How big of a difference is it from designing sneakers? Is it like basically a lot of the same steps or it's totally different?
4: Uh so I'm I'm all focused about innovation right okay. so whatever I design it has to be innovative so that's the similarity between football or other other sports or other kinds of footwear mm-hmm. but football it's completely different because as a sport you use your feet to touch the ball to control the ball you run on hard surfaces uh, muddy soft surfaces mm-hmm. you have contacts cleats getting getting to your foot so there's a lot to consider. It's very, very intense, and, and it takes a long time to to like get to something test. good. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Has there ever been like a – because like you said like, you know, it's like the technology actually has to work. Not that it doesn't work on casual shoes, but I feel like sometimes people sketch something, and then if you try it on, it feels okay, it's okay. But with a football boot, if it doesn't work, then you're totally out of luck. Was there anything that you would like design back then that
4: you thought this was really going to be a good idea and then – it, it just it didn't work? I don't remember, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure there were a lot of ideas that, that didn't work. But, you know, the, the process allows you to test and correct, you know? Mm-hmm. So even if you have an idea that doesn't work in the beginning, if the idea is born from the right insights, then it's a good idea. You just need to figure out how to make it work. How many years were you at Lotto for? Four years. And then what was the path after Fila. that? Fila. Yeah. How did you make that transition? I... I don't remember exactly what happened, but the head of design uh, wanted to meet with me, and so we had a chat, and uh, at the end of that, I remember, at the end of the chat, he said,, uh, "You know, I would like you to come work here with us." And I said, "I can't. you know I, I was Why? so because I was so connected uh, to the owner of Lotto who mm-hmm. you know picked me up and gave me the opportunity. That uh, he was like a father figure almost to me. So I mm-hmm. said, no, I can't. And the guy said, okay, takes a post it, writes something on the post it, puts it in front of me. I'm like, okay, let me. This let is me the salary talk, number? Let me talk to him on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Yeah.
0: What footwear were you doing there at Fila?
4: Fila, I was doing uh, a little basketball. So was that like Grand Hill? Era? No, it was post the, all the cool stuff. It, okay. It, I came. I came when Phila was already over the over its peak. Uh, nine, I think, end of '98, '99. Okay, mm-hmm. so
0: Grand Hill was like '95, I think.
4: Maybe. Yeah, I I, I worked with him, but it wasn't cool anymore. Okay, not it's, him, the the product. Yeah, didn't you
2: do the Phila Schumacher Racing? Boot? Yes. Yeah. Did you did you work with Michael Schumacher? Yes, on that? of course. Was I need like, to hear about that.
4: Yeah. I mean, he's the first. He's the first uh, person that challenged me from. Uh, from really challenged me from a functional point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you work with uh, basketball players that they often talk about aesthetic and mm-hmm. stories, mm-hmm. but he was all about performance, like what he needed uh, on his feet during the race. So among many things, of course, the weight was, was, was important. So I remember one meeting where we came in and, and, and he said, what's the weight of the shoe? I don't remember the number, but let's say 114 grams. Mm-hmm. is like, cool, weight machine, shoe on the on the weight and it's like one sixteen. He's like, you said it's one ah, like, fourteen. Wow. Come on. It's a, it's probably a piece of paper inside of the shoe. <laughs> That's the difference. <laughs> was he an intimidating guy to work with No, like? I love it. Yeah. Like I love him. Like he was uh, he was very professional when he needed to be and and, and very funny. Yeah. Uh, so you know that that's what you like—ups and downs. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, he lived up to his last name, being shoemaker, basically. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he he obsessed everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Everything. He had a, almost like a like a producer in a music studio. Mm-hmm. Had control of the whole room, the mechanics, the the, the us, ev- everyone. He controlled everything in the room. It, it, it was amazing to see. And I was very young. This is this is my fifth or sixth year into the industry so Mm -hmm. still in your mid-20s yeah 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 like i don't remember how old but um i learned so much from from that experience
1: were you like starstruck at all being around a celebrity like athlete like that or was it no you never
4: you i i never experienced being starstruck you can you can be starstruck about someone that it's further away from you but once you get face to face it's human to human that disappears
2: was the shoe a big deal? Was it a successful shoe, the Fila Schumacher racing boot?
4: I mean, you know, it was a technical, it, it was a tool, right? Yeah. So it's not about big numbers, but uh, not because I worked on it. I still think it's the best racing shoe ever. Yeah. You know, it was so pure, that, uh, so light, so pure, so technical. All all the solutions were so innovative that yeah. I don't think there's a shoe today that, that can... can perform better. Yeah. Did you get to go to any Grand Prix? Uh, sorry, I'm going to ask yeah, a million F1 he questions. He you a fan, <laughs> you're a fan of Formula One or Schumacher?
2: I am a fan of Formula One in the way that many Americans are of, like, in the past two years became obsessed okay, with it. So Okay, so for Netflix. that reason. <laughs> Netflix <laughs> yeah. fan. Yes, exactly. Um,
4: yeah, of course, I, I went I went to Grand Prix, but it's not It's not as much fun as on TV, because it's so fast, yeah. you don't you yeah. see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I've, been, I've been to one, just the one, but... Which was one? It, uh, Austin this past and was And mm-hmm.
1: was it better for you on TV,
2: or...? Um, it, was, it was really special being there in person and, you know, kind of seeing seeing the drivers
0: from a distance and things like that. I quite, I quite enjoyed it. So then after Fila, you worked at other companies. And then I feel like then was it Nike that you got to?
4: Yeah, after Fila, I, I, uh, I, I freelanced for a, a few years mm-hmm. and, uh, and then just decided to go back into the corporate world because I wasn't learning okay. um, as a freelancer being on the outside world. So I wanted to get back in and uh, yeah, Nike was the next one.
0: And was that more of kind of like the design you were doing back at like Lotto, the football boots, or it was a totally different experience?
4: Oh, it was totally different. Even
0: when you first got there?
4: Uh, Yeah, it was the the level of design culture at Nike was huge, like incredible. Mm -hmm. Even today i never seen a company that has a design culture that high.
0: And is it resources? Is it what, what is it like exactly? Like, you know, you say design culture, but like what exactly were you like, wow, this is different than anything I've experienced?
4: Well, they value design. Mm. So they put a lot of thought into it. What is the the DNA? What's uh, What's the expression of the brand? Mm. The standards, the expectations are high and everyone needs to live up to them. You know, at Nike, I always say, the job is to innovate if you don't innovate you get in trouble mm. in some other brands if you innovate you get in trouble because they want to keep it safe mm. you know so so it was very very different and it's a much bigger platform like athletes were bigger the 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 market was bigger like yeah
1: different. i feel like there has to be like more pressure to working at you know like nike just like being the big corporate company and then like a smaller italian brand where like maybe like the deadlines aren't as like firm or stiff on Designing the shoes or
4: no? I I don't um, yeah I don't feel the pressure, but no. not because it's like I really don't feel. I love my I love my job. I know that uh, if we work together, we're gonna figure it out. Mm. And um, what can happen if if we miss something? Like, we'll get it done at the end. It's mm-hmm. a big company; it will survive. What was like some of the early projects at Nike that you were really excited about? At Nike, I was uh, the first. Uh, First five years I work on women's uh, products. Okay. And uh, we built an incredible design team. Mm -hmm. I think we had the the one of the best design teams at whole, Nike. Is there competition within the brand in terms of the different design teams? There's always competition in design. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes unhealthy, often often healthy. You know, we just raise the bar for each other. So so that was crazy because we were pushing product. Very, very innovative constructions, uh, um, technologies, materials, forms. Uh, mm-hmm. It was amazing. But what were some of the shoes from that time? Uh, it, even if I tell you, you probably wouldn't know. But uh, a Zoom Essential Trainer was a big one because uh, we were able to take that franchise from 150,000 to over over half a million pairs a season. So that was good. Then we did. Uh, a collection which was called the Sister Series, so every shoe was a Sister One, Sister Two, and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. Very, very modern modern shoes. Uh, that was fantastic. And then started to start to do uh, footwear and apparel together. Work with apparel designers together, all in one space. That was also a big, big change for me. Yeah. How did you first land at Nike? How did you get the job? I mean, we were always in contact. So I, I sent them my first portfolio in 92 or 93. Did you get a letter back? Yeah, I got the letter back. Yeah. I still have it. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still have it. Nice. Uh, basically, it was no thank you, but yeah. uh, uh, for me, it was like... Uh, Encouragement. Absolutely. Is I, it in the I took, Yeah. Nice. I took it as a win. Um, but we always stayed in touch. Then, and um, Nike had an amazing recruiter. Uh, her name was Lisa, Lisa Olivia. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she just, you know, when the time for me was, the time came up for me to move on from freelancing and back into corporate, she heard about it, got in touch with me, connected me with the right opportunities at Nike and mm-hmm. made it happen. In, in two or three months, I, I, I what, was... What year did you start at Nike? Nine, uh, 2005. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you start at Beaverton? No, I started in uh, Holland. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. stayed there for a year and a half and then moved to Beaverton.
0: You talked about the scope of athletes being bigger when you got to Nike. You were working with some of the biggest soccer football players in the world. What's it like working with like a? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It was like Ronaldo, Neymar, Zlatan. What was it like? You we talked about Schumacher. But what was it like working with with them?
4: I mean, working with athletes, it's uh, it's always cool because they challenge you, mm-hmm. you know. And and those are pros. So so what we are doing de- is designing tools for them. Yeah, you know, they really need to tools that can help them perform better or perform worse. So you feel a little responsibility there, but, but what's more significant for me, it becomes a partnership. Mm -hmm. You know, the good collaborations with athletes are partnerships. Like you have that constant dialogue and exchange of ideas. And that's what I love the most.
0: Who would you say you had like the closest partnership out of that football group?
4: uh i i could not pick one but you know neymar was young yeah you know so uh so he really listened listened a lot uh cristiano was so focused on football Mm. you know so very super professional yeah uh for me personally zlatan was very cool i'm sure uh you know people sometimes are intimidated by him yeah before i walked into a room with him they said just watch out he can be he can be a problem but really yeah but Man. Zlatan and me I'm Croatian Zlatan yeah, and me wow. speak the same language so I walked in I said hi in Croatian and oh, that that's was it, it. <laughs> lot,
0: yeah legendary and amazing personality
4: yeah I mean personality yeah yeah
2: also it feels like that time when you were at Nike they were so so dominant did it feel like that when you were in the moment of of how on top of everything Nike was and unstoppable in a way in general or in, or football specific? I guess in general.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. But that's the difference between US brands and European brands. Mm-hmm. US brands wants to, want to dominate. They want to win. Crushed. It's all yeah. about that, right? And Nike felt like that. But when I joined football in 2010, it was, it was even more about dominating because four years away was the World Cup in Brazil, mm-hmm. the, the home of football. So, mm. you know, that was the target. Like, we're going to create a revolution in that moment so we worked for four years just for that i think you just said that you started in holland but how often were you going to like portland i remember when i started after a month i went for uh, to portland for three months Mm -hmm. you know just to get to know everyone Mm -hmm. really well Um, but i don't remember okay after that it was a long time and the
1: the magista was one of the boots that you
4: did right and i remember
1: that being like one of the football boots that they took over to like lifestyle, yeah, as well
4: on the footscape. Yeah, you know, yeah.
1: What was what was that like creating that shoe? And then was there ever the
4: intention to make it into a sneaker? No, no. We created, a, as I said, we created a performance tool. But when you create uh, something so iconic, of mm-hmm. course, it's gonna connect to culture. Mm-hmm. You know, like a Jordan Six was not designed to be cool on the street. It was designed to be a tool and uh, and an icon on the court. But because it was so bold and so innovative, it connected to culture. So, no, this was not a target, but no surprise it it got adopted for that as well. How much
2: do they stay in touch with y'all when Nike wants to turn a football boot into a streetwear shoe? Do they have an ongoing conversation with the original designers in the football category as they're transitioning it?
4: Or do they just take it and run with it? Um, I mean, we we do not discuss like which outsole they should use. Right, you didn't have any. No, input so it's on more it like a, a conversation skate. about uh, transitioning the knowledge about how to how to make those uppers. Yeah,
2: is there a shoe from your time at Nike that you're most proud of? Is there one that stands out? I know a lot of these things are
4: collaborative efforts, but do you have a, a baby from that period? Yeah, probably. I would say the HyperVenom, the first mm. HyperVenom, mm. because it uh, set the stage for for the football revolution that happened after it so it was the first football boot ma- made uh, out of textile mm-hmm. uh it was uh, a new franchise which was no longer only about speed or control or speed or power so yeah that's the one that i i think you know was a spark of a change and are you super invested in that i
2: know i know you talked about some models where it's not about how much they're selling but do designers get invested in that once the shoe comes out, wanting to know what the sell-through rates are like and yeah, how many people are buying? Oh, absolutely. Them? That's yeah. my job. Yeah,
4: <laughs> my job is business. My job is not to create uh, objects for museums. Mm. So yeah, that's how you measure also the the uh, consumers' interest. Yeah, like we we can create a shoe and all really go crazy about it mm. and love it, but if the kids out there are not buying it, then they don't love it enough. So yeah, those numbers are important.
0: Yeah. And then I think we'll get to Adidas in a little bit, but we have to talk Moonwalker. How that came about. Were you aware of it?
2: Well, I mean, the first I think the first time the public really became aware of this brand you were working on with Michael Jackson was during the the lawsuit from Nike that happened afterward. I don't know that we're we're a little bit all over the place in terms of chronology, but yeah, 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 yeah I wanna yeah. know about the, the Moonwalker brand with Michael Jackson and how you met him. I know he's he's a huge figure
4: in your life. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean he he, he's, he's a hero from since childhood, right? Yeah. Like, a, like a dream that uh, you don't believe you're ever, ever mm. gonna reach, right? So mm. that's, I'm a dreamer and I believe I can make anything happen. But mm. that's, that was one of those that I accepted it's never gonna happen. Mm. Uh, but you know, you, you work in the industry, you meet people. So I yeah. met a friend in common and uh, of course he knew I always wanted to meet Michael. And one day I was in LA, and I just got a phone call, and they said, "Can you be in Hotel Bel, Bel Air tomorrow at 9 a.m.?" Wow, that's it. I knew what. You what knew was what it was happening. Yeah, of course. Wow. So we met. Uh, but you had to have been nervous. And I I wasn't nervous. No. No, it was very weird. I wasn't nervous. Did you know
0: I, what you were going to say going into the meeting? Like No, you, you no, pro- no. Okay. I
4: never like even for this. Okay. I do not prepare, like okay. I, I come, what do you wanna ask me? Let's, let's talk about okay. it. Yeah. So no, I was not prepared at all. And this is before you started at Nike? No, this is uh, no, this is um, three years into Okay, into okay, it, 2008. Eight, yeah. 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 And uh, no, my fear was, uh, what if he's the weirdo that the media has been talking about? Mm-hmm. Because I, I idolized this man, mm-hmm. but when you idolize something, you have blind spots. Sure. It's like so, you don't want to meet your heroes. Yes. You don't want to meet yes. your heroes, you know? You really don't want to meet your heroes. But in that moment, uh, yeah, that was not the case. But that's, that was the fear. So I wasn't nervous about meeting him, but I was concerned of, about you know, having to tell my friends, yeah, you were right.
0: And did he want to start a footwear line? Or you were like coming to him with the idea of starting a footwear line? Or the timing just happened to meeting was to discuss that?
4: You know, I didn't approach him with with that idea. So we just met the first time. It was just casual over breakfast. Mm -hmm. But after that meeting, I'm like, I want to do something for him, Okay. you know? And uh, and and this was the idea. At at that time, Kanye was doing Yeezys, Mm -hmm. you know? So I talked with a couple of people at Nike about, hey, I met him, like, maybe we can pitch something. But there was not a lot of interest there. And mm-hmm. when I talked back to him about it, he said, "I don't want to work with big brands. Let's do something together." Wow! And this is how we started developing the um, this brand.
0: How many sketches did we get to?
4: We got to a full deck with all products and um, futura apparel, accessories. Can you give us
0: a little bit of what it like looked like, or uh, is you it know, in the in the book at all?
4: No, no, okay. no. Okay, a little bit of like just so we could. Yeah, I mean, it was you know basically we were taking. Iconic expressions from his throughout his career mm-hmm. you know a leather uh, red leather jacket with a black stripes yes. yeah. uh patent leather shoes because mm-hmm. you know that meant luxury even yep. when he was kid so we would we would take these kind of elements and from there create products that were designed for modern dancers you know mm-hmm. like we we did not design something for him to wear. the idea is why moonwalker and not m j or something mm-hmm. like you stay in the back seat and we use your storytelling to create new products for the for modern dan- dancers for the next oh. generation. So And that did that you make the, any yeah. samples? Did you no. get them produced? No. No, we the, the final review with him was uh A- April 1st or 2nd and in June he he died. Yeah. Wow.
2: So there was the total intention to move forward with it but then his passing just cut short the project. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. And then you go you go to adidas there's the infamous three amigos
2: photo the
0: photo sorry to interrupt <laughs> this is iconic this is iconic it's etched in i just feel like nick e- DePaula.
4: Nick it's just de Paula etched shot in it. everyone yeah you he put did? it on the wall wait yeah, yeah. <laughs> nick, nick shot that photo wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't know that nick it's, took the photo yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah wow it's like etched in uh, you just
4: you mark minor yes. mark dolce yeah Mark Dolce came up with an idea. We should take a photo. Yeah. Called Nick, and Nick took a photo. Black yeah. and white, right? Was it black and no, white? Or it no, it was. Uh, it was on a uh, teal. Yeah, turquoise Greek kind of background, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. This was a, this was a huge moment. Yeah. 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 The three of you leaving Nike together
4: in 2014. How how long had you planned that? I knew the time for me was up at Nike. Hmm. Like I, I reached because I I I I went beyond what I was expecting myself to do there. In terms so, of what you, achieved yeah, you I achieved? yeah, I achieved more than what I expected. So I reached the ceiling.
3: Yeah.
4: And, uh, and when I reach the ceiling, like I get uncomfortable. So I need to, I force myself to take risks mm-hmm. um, to find something new, right? Yeah. So I basically decided I'm, I'm going to move on after the World Cup. I will, I will probably move on at, at one point. And Mark and Mark, um, they wanted to, to stay together, right? So we started, we started talking about what should we do? Should we open an agency? Like, what should we do? And the word got out to Adidas, to Eric Litke. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, Eric uh, asked us for a meeting. And uh, I mean, I walked in a meeting like, okay, let's meet, you know, big role in a big company. Yeah. Be responsible. Like huh? <laughs> there's no way this yeah. is happening. Like, I, hmm. I spent four years, you hmm. know, as I said earlier, dominating, like, destroying them. So there's no way I'm gonna I'm gonna go, but Eric, in two minutes made a pitch. Really? So you
2: you you walked in, i fully expecting. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll no do this way. courtesy. We'll take the meeting, exactly. but I, I've been crushing these guys. I don't. I'm no, not no, I'm not, not doing Adidas. Not interested. And he changed your mind that quick. Yeah.
3: What How? was the
4: vision that he had that really sold you so quickly? I mean, basically it was like I need you. Mm-hmm. Companies don't really tell you like that. I need you. What do you want to do? Like, dream big. You cannot dream big enough. What did you tell him Well, we we said thanks and came up, you know, a month later with a with a pitch. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
2: Was there any part of you that was hesitant out of brand loyalty? Because you mentioned this earlier phase of your career when you were at Lotto, and the the people at Fila were courting you, and you felt like you couldn't do it because you had such an affinity for mm-hmm. Lotto, and yeah, the man yeah. felt like your father. And I would think that. In some ways, being at Nike for, I think, probably eight years at that point, you had maybe been yeah. indoctrinated, you know, living in Beaverton, living this life.
4: Did you feel like you couldn't work for Adidas for, for that purpose at all? No, 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 no. Um, I mean, I first of all, I decided that it was time for me to go. Yeah. So I, I didn't decide that because Adi called. Be sure. I decided, okay, now I need to do something else. But even still, they're the enemy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But no once once eric opened that door mm. it was a completely different point of view on mm.
3: it. Mm-hmm.
4: so it wasn't about now i'm gonna go there and hurt nike sure. it wasn't about that it was like I- i'm gonna go there to adidas in 2014 was not doing well yeah so we're gonna help them turn it around but like, you you also said you know growing up
1: sketching the Adi shoe yeah. that that was like kind of part of you
4: early on so yeah did that
1: influence your perception of the brand no No.
4: it was it was uh it was eric's empowerment for like uh, for what we could do it it was like you know somebody valuing you so much and telling you you have freedom what do you want to do
0: and you talked about innovation
4: at nike getting there and it being like a whole new world how
0: was it when you got to adidas compared to nike
4: Ah, uh, it's, a, it's a different league. Nike is a different league than, than anyone else. Still, even though... Yes. Okay. They have things figured out from, from a strategy, long-term vision, big investments, uh, big legal uh, forces protecting everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a massive machine. Like, it's really unfair to compare them because they're not set up to compete. We have to talk about these legal forces because there was this gigantic no, lawsuit too. No, legal forces too. meaning they, their legal department is so big that they can patent ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know? mean,
2: I'm just saying, this, I just saw it as a transition of, you know, this 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 moment too where they sued you guys for $10 million when you made the switch to Adidas. They accused you of stealing trade secrets or breaking the non-compete. How difficult was that for this big moment in your life where... You know you have all this freedom and you're going to this new role and you get to do everything you want but then it's marred in the public
4: by this giant battle that you have to fight oh man it was a nightmare yeah because uh when that started you are thinking i didn't sell anything to anyone so yeah. it should be all good i'm above board yeah it's, it's all good right because i i didn't do what they are accusing me of doing so it's all good but once the legal machine starts you realize you know it's out of your hands now yeah. it's two legal steam teams yeah. trying teams trying to figure you know they're playing a game yeah was it hard to be positive in that time uh no because i am i'm an i'm an optimist w- what was hard uh was so much stuff was leaking yeah uh, private messages yeah. of course when we send messages you know we talk freely like yeah. nobody's watching yeah. us suddenly everyone was seeing the way yeah. we were communicating no the, the hardest part for me was uh not knowing how my friends at Nike feel about me because mm. you know they were not allowed to communicate with me, so yeah. so are they buying into the story or knowing me, they know what uh, who I am, yeah. And then how much of a relief was it when it was finally over? Uh, I don't remember that day as a relief. Oh, really? No, no, like this, this whole story is still, uh, is still something that that bothers me, yeah, mm. yeah. What bothers you the most about it? I understand why, but why? Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
4: I understand why. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, in Adidas, uh, I my career progressed. I got yeah. into those big roles. So you understand how you need to protect the business. So I get it, but it could have been done differently. Yeah.
2: When you finally did end up at Adidas, what, what was that first day on the job like? What What were your things you were trying to set out to do
4: immediately? I mean, uh, first day was amazing. You know, first day was amazing. Like, uh, I remember we walk uh, walked through the campus in uh, in Herzog, mm-hmm. and people just turning, like recognizing, like, oh, they're here. Right? Wow. Now, some probably were fearful. Some were some were hopeful. Uh, but you could feel you could feel the energy Hmm. and then the 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 creation of brooklyn farm i think it's 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 amazing like nobody in the industry did anything like that
0: yeah so brooklyn farm we always heard about it and then i think like some stories about what was happening there but for the audience that may not be familiar what was the early days of the brooklyn farm that's all you you saw the picture of you three and then immediately like you heard about the brooklyn farm and I didn't really know what was going on in there, but what was it like? A huge design warehouse? It was,
4: it was yeah, yeah, a warehouse feel. Uh, every day you explore, experiment, create, make um, with no rules. Mm. And, and this experimentation then gets curated into a creative direction. So you use, you use tangible products or prototypes to say, hey, this is the North Star. So let, let's go toward that. Um, lots of connection with culture. I mean, if you guys came back then, like yeah. the door was open. Wow. Yeah. we were street level. Like, mm-hmm. if if any competitor came and just looked inside, you would see everything. The windows weren't tinted. You wow. could just no, look in the window. No. Yeah, they were. They, they got tinted a few years later, but not for that reason. More more for the for the sun
3: <laughs> <laughs> shining <laughs> yeah, no, too bright. No, yeah. we
4: we didn't want it to play by the old rules. Like everything secretive <laughs> and, and yeah. you know bad feelings between brands. We just wanted to open the door. Uh, especially to to the Brooklyn Brooklyn yeah. uh, Brooklyn kids, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, it, that was fantastic. The the miss was that it wasn't consumer facing, mm-hmm. so some of these products didn't go directly to consumers. Um, that was a miss, but but still, I think it created a a big uh, wave of change inside of Adidas. Yeah. And in the industry, because some other brands had to think differently about yeah.
2: it. and that was such a special time at Adidas, 2016. It was the, the yeah the, the
4: restart. So it was it, everything was on fire.
1: I feel like at that point, it was like you know Kanye signs to the brand. Yeah. The three of you get hired, and everyone's like, all of a sudden, people are like, Adidas is going to take over the industry. Yeah.
4: Did you feel that energy? Like yes, absolutely. Happen? The Farrell just did the really good things before we started mm-hmm. with um, Stan Smith and in mm-hmm. uh, the superstar. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that huge pack of superstars. Yeah. Yeah, 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 the the color wheel like mm-hmm. that was that was great. Then then um, Kanye signs. Then the Ultra Boost hits, mm. the NMD hits. Yeah. I mean everything was working. What were
0: those days like when the Ultra Boost hitting? NMD hitting. What was it like in that design
4: farm when you just saw it bubbling? What was the attitude and the atmosphere like? Not just the farm. Everyone in the brand started yeah. to feel good about being part of the brand, you mm-hmm. know? Like, we were winning yeah. uh, against a much bigger uh, giant, right? Yeah. So that was... Um, it was so positive. So positive. Like, uh, the, 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 the challenge was everything was working so well that we did not started to think what's 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 next next, you always like you hit lightning uh, in a bottle and then absolutely you need to think next do you
1: feel like at the time that maybe after you know ultra boost and nmd came out and you said you weren't thinking about the future do you feel like maybe the brand was like regurgitating ideas a a little too much and it became stagnant or
4: you know when when yeah, on one side when something's working you want to milk it until until you can, right? Sure. So, so that was done well. But for example, UltraBoost, I think the UltraBoost 2 came maybe three years after the first one. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, there was no update the second year or the third year, you know? It
1: was just like the nip pattern was
4: changed. So you're waiting for the, for the heat to die and then to start a new heat. It's not easy, especially if, if the consumer starts identifying you as a brand who's losing heat. Yeah. Then you're in trouble. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can have the coolest shoe in the world, but if the brand is not hot.
2: The stuff that y'all were doing at the farm, how much was that a part of the bigger strategy? Or were you able to just be left alone and create cool things and kind of be this center of innovation for the brand? You know, was the work you were doing there tied to
4: real commercial yeah, it, results it, and things like that? Well, it was tied, as I said, to creative direction. Yeah. So everything we were doing was then used for a seasonal creative direction. Got it. Um, and then it would it would uh, set set the seasonal direction for all the views to follow in terms of for material, color, mm. prints, and stuff like that.
2: Because it was so, like you said, I think I agree with you that one of the misses was it not being sufficiently consumer-facing because we remember when it was yeah. about to happen and then it happened... And you have these new talented designers who are at Adidas, but we didn't know from the outside what you guys were doing. Or you right. know, Mark Dolce is at Adidas now, Dennis Teckovic is at Adidas now, Mark Miners at Adidas, but we never really knew what was happening or what you guys were doing.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, but that's the same same feeling we had on the inside. Yeah, it's like wow, the, the it's it's an amazing car, car, it's ready to go, but. Yeah. It's not taking off. Yeah.
1: Was yeah. Kanye someone that you ever got to work with? I know you said you mentioned working
4: with Pharrell on yeah. those. Was Kanye someone you sat down and? I did not work with Kanye. Yeah. Uh, Mark Miner worked with with Kanye a lot. Um, he visited a few times, um, and some of the concepts that started at the farm ended up, you know, hmm. being being adopted as uh, as uh, as his project. So. What were what were some of those concepts? Oh man, I'm not good with names. But uh, I remember that, uh, you remember that uh, weird yellow shoe, it was like all yellow, like one piece and a little gray on top, like Mm -hmm. one piece. I think. Mm. A neat runner maybe or something like that. I don't know. Not the dumpling one with the like claws on the bottom? No, not that one. Okay. No, no. Anyway, I don't remember the names, but you know, some some of the technologies, some of the construction methods we were doing you know, Mark Miner then moved moved to LA, started working with Kanye, and luckily they, they adopted some of the some of the ideas. Yeah. How'd
0: you get your own uh, 350 with your name on it? <laughs>
4: <laughs> That's the real secret. No, I mean it's not. It's, I just needed a patch at the farm oh, made and, and put a patch on it. Oh, yeah, but but the famous. But five hours after, I was asked to take it down. Oh, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I, I, I was asked that. to take it down to avoid to upset Kanye. But oh. I, 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 you know. Knowing him, I don't think he would get upset. He would be like, "Oh wow, that's cool tinkering with the, yeah, the shoe." Yeah, absolutely. When's yeah. we're here
1: to do. When he came to the to the farm, were people kind of like nervous or kind of like walking on eggshells, or was it just like a free open
4: atmosphere? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, oh, it's it, it's always free. It's mm-hmm. always free, no matter who comes. Um, we had many many, you know, important people come in.
0: Can we get one random? important like one super random like somebody who we wouldn't expect
4: to yeah be that there came through Robert De Niro comes in <laughs> or something mm, Naomi Campbell okay uh, I don't know if it's yeah. unexpected but, yeah. <laughs> that's cool um yeah so it was always open but of course you know you never know with Kanye because he's he's very creative and he yeah. sees things and you know reacts to what he's seeing a lot with emotion so you, you never know how it's gonna go I
1: remember we went there a couple times and I just remember seeing like random things around, like there was I think it's over there, the Bape uh Z X eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a pair or five thousand, uh there was a pair sitting there and the sole was taken off and someone was like, Oh, you know, Clark brought these and he yes. wants someone to put an ultra boost sole on the ah. on the
4: on the Bape Z X well, and they're like, that. they're like we haven't yeah, gotten around that. to it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he, he was getting busy, you know? <laughs> uh he he loved. I mean you know clark Mm -hmm. but for me when i think of clark and what he achieved in music and who he is in music Mm -hmm. and now i have him sit in front of me three four days a week because he wants to be part of this like how amazing is that is that so not only you discussing ideas or you discussing what's happening on the market but yeah he wants to make some prototypes you know Mm -hmm. Uh, and he he did many (laughs)
0: And you worked with Pharrell later in uh, your career or more recent, did you work on the human race footwear? Yes,
4: yeah, some yeah okay yeah, yeah.
0: What was it like working with him, and you know he's had so many projects with Adidas, but like at that stage
4: amazing I, I, I love him. Mm-hmm. I love him because um, he gives you the energy back, so everything you invest in he gives, you, gives it to you back and doubles it, super respectful, super curious, uh, wants to push uh, things, whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, really love working with him. Aside from all these big names, who are some of the
2: younger designers that you guys were able to kind of train and bring up to the system there that you're really proud of?
4: You need to hire someone or
2: <laughs> no, I just, I feel like there's so many names in footwear design that we never hear. And yeah. there's Like a handful of superstar, no pun intended designers. Yes. And, and there's so many more people who
4: contribute to the creation of a shoe whose names we never get to know. Yeah nick diber amazing mm. amazing designer he's with uh is it proto okay the new brand yeah proto, yeah, yeah yeah with the jeff staples involved yes, in it, yes yes yeah. yes so he's there now kelsey Fu mm. uh designed i think the, the Harden three, uh mm. but then worked at easy as well um
1: Forge- i forget what his name was 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 that uh that that guy he had the instagram em- embroidered oh the italian oh, d- federico yeah yeah, yeah yeah is he still
4: at adidas he's still at adidas yeah oh uh, yeah he, he's amazing he's amazing. they had yeah, found he's a they man. Had
1: found his like instagram and he was doing like photoshops at the time yes. and i guess you guys like brought him in because yeah, you yeah, wanted yeah, to create yeah, real yeah. product yeah.
4: actually you know when when back when i was at nike he was sending me images and i'm like oh this is really cool but i i know i knew the instagram name i didn't know who was behind yeah, yeah. so when i hired me hired him he said oh i was sending you images back in 2014 i'm like what images you know uh, he's he's a machine yeah yeah amazing 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 yeah
0: and the book what could we expect in the book obviously we talked uh you know we only had like basically an hour but so much history what could people expect from the book
4: uh well people won't get the book
0: but i know that you could you could you're dribbling it out online I could yeah s-
4: i'm sharing some yeah, yeah. i'm sharing why some why don't you release uh, it why don't you want to release the book because if you work with a publishing company, mm. they're going to have a say on the cover, on how to lay down the content and everything. This was a book done for my parents mm. while they are still here so they can see the journey. Yeah. Uh, and for my kids who are 18 and 19 now, and they're starting their own journey so mm. they can see what it took. So that was the priority and I didn't wanted any anyone to have a say. No in input from anyone else. No. Yeah. But the book is, the book is basically um, my story from childhood to until now. Um, I try to explain how the dots are connected from being a, a son of uh, uh, athletes to loving Japanese cartoons and, and all of it. And then I cover the three chapters, which is the kind of like the first 10 years, the second 10 years with Nike, and then the, and, and then the last chapter with mm-hmm. Adidas. So, And I focus on... I really focus on, on on people and experiences. I do not talk a lot about projects, yeah. although it's packed with great images of, of uh, different projects we worked on.
2: I don't want you to sell the book too much now because you're saying how awesome it is and then people yeah. won't be
4: able to get it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I guess last question I want to ask you just because you, you touched on it right now and I just want to get your perspective on it. So you mentioned not wanting people to edit it, right? Um, to edit the book. The book, yeah. When you were working... I mean, obviously still working in, on footwear, but when you're working at the, the big brands, and I'm sure there were people who gave you feedback on, on the projects. Were you receptive to the feedback? or did yeah. you, Or did you somehow, or like, was it like the same with the editors where like you didn't want to take it sometimes?
4: No, no, no. I mean, look, the, the book is a personal project. Yeah. When I do shoes, I do it with a brand for millions of people. So mm-hmm. feedback is important. And, and I never work on a shoe alone. So there are always other people involved. You know, mm-hmm. it can be a team of ten, it can be a team of fifty, uh, and everyone's feedback is important. Like even somebody in the factory can tell you, "Look, what you're trying to do here—it's not going to work in uh, in production. There's going to be issues. You need to listen even to that, mm-hmm. right?" So yeah, absolutely. It's not being open to feedback; it's it's seeking feedback.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then the last couple chapters of your career, I just want to kind of know where you're at right now and and. When you decided to leave adidas like what have the past couple years look like for you
4: well uh, so i left a year ago mm-hmm. um any particular reason similar to to nike it was time to move on and, and and make new experiences um i uh it was not an easy decision because it was the, the ultimate position in design mm-hmm. Um, so the decision was was hard, but uh, but you know you feel it inside. It's it's time to go and and, and take those risks that are going to take you somewhere new. Uh, and then since then, you know, a lot of work on a book. Mm-hmm. It's been two and a half years that I've been working on that, and prepping for the next chapter. You know, so. I'm I'm staying busy and yeah. keeping my fingers crossed that yeah. the next chapter happens the way I envision. Would,
2: would the next chapter be another big brand job? Is it having your own design firm? Is it? Ew.
4: Yeah. So so no. Um. The plan is not to have a big big design job with mm-hmm. a cor- corporation. Um. I want to use my experience and my network to help help brands transform, help brands, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get closer to their goals. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, well, of course, I'm dreaming about doing my own brand. So mm. we'll see how it goes. I'll be I'll be buying a pair. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: one one last question I always like to ask, just because you've been through so many stages of footwear design. In the space now, are there any models that stick out to you that you really love?
4: Well, so I'm about innovation. So I, 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 I'm buying Jordan once and all of it. But for me, this is nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So I cannot tell you... Yeah, I really like the Jordan One that they released right, a month right. ago. Like for me, that's that's the past. I love it, but it's not it's not moving us forward. Uh, I think the industry right now it's uh, it's a little stale. Mm. Brands are playing very safe uh, for various reasons, and uh, it's been it's been a long time that I haven't seen a disruptive innovation that allows you to create also a new look. Mm. Um, so I think we are all waiting to see. It the next big yeah to see a giant show us what the future is going to look like but unfortunately no nothing in the industry excites me Mm. i mean the new harden is cool it stands out stands out on the court um but again even even that you can create it by using the old tricks Mm. so i I really want to see something something new
0: interesting well dennis thank you so much for taking the time uh so much history and great great to hear these stories and and uh, yeah, Kim, thank you enough for stopping by.
4: Yeah, it's really, really a pleasure. I mean, uh, I've been following you guys a long time and I guess I made it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> we appreciate your time, yeah. Dennis. Thank you
0: for
2: sharing the thank story. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. All right, everyone. This has been the Complex Sneakers Podcast. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Please like, subscribe. We will see you next week. Our producer is David Matthews. Our associate producer is Jillian Hardman Webb. Audio editing done by Haley Choi. Special thanks to Jen Stewart, Shiva Bayet, and Haley Choi. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network.